I just want to invest in people that really want to be the best that they can be. Todd Screamer and Jim Reed and Robin Lavasser coming at you with our little monthly podcast. This is meant for uh, realtors and home builders and, and insurance people that send us business. But I, honestly, um, anyone could listen to this. Your kids could listen to it and it'd be great. So it, it, the title is Disciplines of an Entrepreneur. Um, I will give you some opening comments around this. So when I think about being a business person or a salesperson, um, I think it's really hard. And I think it's hard because there's about, think of skill sets as a, as, as a graph or as a big circle. There's about 55 slices that you gotta be pretty good at, right? So if this is not an easy topic, there, I mean, you, we're gonna give you a few, but you, you could talk about 200 of them, right? So- um, You know what it's like, Todd? Huh? You know what you know what it's like. Uh, you know I ran track, right? So you know what it's like. It's like there's a sprinter, right? There's a shot putter, a high jumper, and then there's a decathlete. The what? A decathlete. Ten events. You know, it's the best number one athlete in the world, right? On the Wheaties box, you got to be good at ten different events. That's what being an entrepreneur is. Mm, good yeah. Analogy. So you 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 talk about. Um... The statistics, last time I looked it up, it was 88% of businesses fail within three years. 88%. That's wow. crazy, right? So we'll, we'll talk about some of these things. Jimmy, give us give us one. Let's do one, and we'll go, we'll go around a couple of times. Uh, so for me, uh, it was one that took me the longest to get good at. I remember getting, I remember a couple stories around it. Uh, I, my dad was an HR guy at IBM. So growing up, you know, he was the director of a big, pretty big facility for HR. So he dealt with people. And I'm like, HR, what's that? Um, but I remember my dad on a Friday night coming home from work late. And he came in, didn't talk, and he's laid down on the couch. And my mom put her finger up like this to her lips. I remember this like it was yesterday. I made my brother like, uh-oh, something's wrong. And my dad's laid down on the couch, and my mom brought him uh, like a wet rag, and he laid down, and he had his fingers like this, and he laid there. And he was still there when we ate dinner. He didn't get up to eat. Um, and the next morning, we were at breakfast. And I went, Dad, are you okay? He said, yeah. So what's wrong? He said, I had to say goodbye to a bunch of my friends last yesterday. I'm like, Later on, as I got older, I realized what he meant was he had to lay off a bunch of people. So it tore him up. And so for me, uh, that's, a, that's, I mean, it's still, I'm almost tearing up right now thinking about three years ago in January when I had to do that. Uh, and it's when I decided to become a master of a profit loss statement. Um, so if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you really got to spend time becoming really good at a profit and loss statement. Uh, it is the number one killer, I think, of businesses is cash flow and finding mentorship or whatever and, and really learning because being an accountant, that's not my thing. But I force myself to be really good at a profit loss, understanding costs, understanding return on investment. I mean, there are people who get four to eight year degrees in this topic. But if you're an entrepreneur, guys, don't put your head in the sand on that one because that's mm. that's the 
Yeah, we could all go off on that one. That's a good one. Okay, that that's like 50 stories in my head right now. Rob, yeah. 20 years. I, I, I love that, Jimmy. I think that, that, you know, the profit and loss, it's sometimes people, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into something over the passion of what they want to create, right? They, they're, they're going after something that they're passionate about, but the, the money piece is a skill, right? Like we always say money doesn't make you better or worse as a human, but it is a tool and you have to learn how to use the tool and that's a tool and it's a requirement of the business to continue to work. So I think that, I think that, I mean, man, I, it's such a good one, Jimmy. You know, I think for me, one of the things that has really helped me as an entrepreneur um, is actually to always pretend that you do have a boss. Um, I think one of the risks of being an entrepreneur is that you are the boss and that almost feels like you have arrived. And I think if we have a mindset of nobody's going to tell me what to do or um, I can start work whenever I want or I can spend money however I want, we, we have this huge risk to the business overall because we might not be seeking right counsel. We might not be willing to put ourselves in check around it. And that's when things can spiral out of control, right? I always say I'm my own worst enemy. If I want to make something a mess, by golly, I hand it to myself and then I'm in trouble. Um, and so I think it's really important that you always, it, whether you seek that mentorship or that you have a boss, I think um, pretending that you have a boss even is something that you really need to do for yourself of what are your non-negotiables in your business and, and how are you going to hold yourself accountable to those things? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. That's, a that's really why that's why I wanted to become an entrepreneur, Robin, so I didn't have a boss. So I, mean, I got to be my own boss. That's pretty tough. <laughs> It's true though. Oh, so great. Um, so I've got one that um, I don't hear people talk about much. And, and uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So when I, I, when I turned 16, I grew up in Redding, California. And it's about three hours north of Sacramento. It gets really hot there. And my car didn't have air conditioning. So my dad decided um, he owned a vending machine sales company. So he sold vending machines. He decided to send me out and door knock for three months during my my sprightly years of 16 years old and go try and sell vending machines door to door in a suit and um i would come home every single night and he would ask me how it went and would ask me what i said and all these things and i ended the the that three months i didn't make a single sale and he didn't say this as directly as I'm going to, but he did. He said, son, your problem is you don't know how to sell, which how I view that today is I didn't know how to influence. Mm -hmm. And I have spent uh, many, many, many years being coached, reading books, listening to podcasts. Uh, Robin, you, you took us to Amplify, um, which is a two and a half days about influence three months ago. Um, I have, I have studied that subject more than maybe any other except for financial. Um, and, you know, still need a lot of work. But, but when I look at it, like I was, I was coaching someone yesterday. I, I visited one of my branches a week ago, and I had him on the phone coaching him yesterday. And I said, bud, you, your environment that you've created is extremely sterile. It's like a, a walking. What's, what's that mean? Yeah, what's right. that mean? Sterile. Tell me more sterile. about that. There's no emotion. I said, bud, there's no emotion. Like the walls are white. There's nothing hanging on them. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. The office is very professional, but the 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 the, 
the tone of the office. Like, like oh. I'm like, uh, like you're not allowed to have fun and goof around and be yeah. real. You got uh, too too much business. Call people out. Um, have fun. Do competitions. Be loud. Be soft. Like, I'm really working on them. And it's just a, it's a lack of awareness. Like I said, bud, you can't influence and lead people that way. It's it, their, their results are going to stay mediocre because your tone is very mediocre. Like you're, there's no, there's no rewards. There's no discipline. There's no rah-rah. There's no, let's go make some sales calls. Like it's sterile. It's so low influence. And that's, mm. so that's, so a, that's a boring well, you think, yeah, you think, you think about, you know, okay, I, I have a service that I want to provide to somebody. Entrepreneurs generally have an idea or a service or a, you know, something tangible that they want to get to somebody. If you're in sales, right, you're normally, you know, brokering that product. And if you're a realtor, for instance, we work with a lot of realtors, obviously in our industry, they're, they're, they're trying to help somebody buy a home or sell a home. That's ultimately the goal. If, if you are not influential, now that doesn't mean um, I think that influence sometimes is a word top that people see as manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I want to, I want to be sure that people are hearing that's not the case at all. It's really yeah. inspiration, right? It's getting people to move in a direction that really is what is probably the best idea. Um, you know, that maybe people are afraid to buy into or untrusting. And if you're not willing to influence, if you're not excited about them buying a house, how in the world are they going to be excited about buying a house? You know, if we're not excited about delivering a loan to somebody, why in the world would somebody be excited about getting a home loan? Right. And so I think that influence does require, and I think a word that goes with influence is passion, right? I think passion is something that attaches to that. Well, yeah. Yeah. We've all been to a, a rapport leader one and that's a class for two and a half days. They teach you to be super, super passionate. And it's like, that's yeah. one of the main teachings. It's like, let the beast out. Like out. if you yeah, care about something, say it, right. It's like shaking people. Jimmy, what's another one for you? Well, uh, the second one that I have is, um, I have a third one to sneak in at the end, but, um, <laughs> You know, we're talking about, yeah, I'm for sure going to sneak it in. But so uh, this one seems silly because we're talking, this is going out to builders and realtors and loan officers and people in our real estate community and industry. Um, And the truth is, Todd, other than builders, we don't build anything. Right? It's not ours. We didn't make it, but we're selling it. So uh, an hour a day of outbound sales calls. Like, It's the craziest thing to me that I'm even just saying one hour because it should be more like four. Um, But, you know, one hour a day of on the phone because it's the most, it's a combination of effective and efficient. Don't got to get in my car. Don't got to set an appointment. Don't got, you know, don't got to do, don't got to spend money on gas. Most effective and efficient sales tool there is, period, is the phone. And, uh, And don't play the game of how fast I can get off the phone. Play the game how long can I stay on the phone with this person. Make them hang up and make an hour of outbound sales calls a day. If you do, when you choose to do that, as in our industry, the rest will fall in line. Yeah, it's fun. Got to make it fun. I yeah. love it. What yeah, do you think, Robert, what, what do you think stops people from making outbound sales calls? What do you yeah. think stops them? 
you know, it's really interesting. I think that, well, I, I think it's a few things in my mind. I think one, I think they assume that people know what they do, why they do it, and that they would come to them if they needed it. I yes. think that's a mental block that we think that our customer, whatever industry that we're in, understands, hey, you're Jim Reed, the loan officer. If I need a lead, I'm going to, I mean, if I need a loan, I'm calling Jim Reed, yes. the loan officer, right? Like, and our egos want us to believe that. Um, and not even ego, right? It's just uh, the way that our brain works. We think that that's how people hold on to things. And, and one of the things that I realized is we're not that special and people actually need reminders and to feel connected to something that they do. And so, you know, you, it's interesting. I always see people on Facebook who have 10 realtors that are their friends. And I always think to myself, I wonder how they're gonna choose that, which realtor they use if they ever do something with real estate. Totally. And I will tell you that outbound sales call that you're talking about right now, you know, and the other problem with it is people think, I don't know what to say. Well, you should know what to say just in taking care of people, right? In general. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? How are things been? How, you know, how's the house? Or have you still thought about buying a house? Whatever it may be, people don't think they know what to say. Um, and that's where that passion comes in. Because if you're passionate about what you're providing to them, then you can talk about it. That's easy. Um, and, and then I think the other last fear with it is, so assumption, fear of what to say, and then rejection, right? What if somebody's mean to me? What if they hang up? What if they don't want to talk to me? What Get if I'm used to it. Them? Get used to it or get another job. That's what I say. That's, that's entrepreneurship, right? You, I mean, yeah. you see it all the time. That's why people that are high money makers. I mean, how many times does somebody try out for a team or try out to, you know, get a, a radio deal or a, a music contract or a modeling contract? They all talk about the journey of rejection before they get the reward, right? And and I think that is is oh. the key of entrepreneurial. Oh, you're killing me right now. My sons, my sons think they're just going to be good at stuff. Yes. <laughs> It doesn't just, Todd, it doesn't just happen. No, no. Your golf swing, breaking 80 for the first time, it doesn't just happen. You've got to put the work in. Anyways, yeah. that's my two. Something in for my head coach, Jim. I got all my students last two weeks, and I'm going to continue doing this until I see their numbers up. They do mini circus, which for those who don't know, is 100 calls in one day every two weeks. 100 calls in one day. 100 outbound calls in one day. I like it. Yeah. So, and... I just coached the, the, my two groups who did it this yesterday, and they had some huge, huge breakthroughs. They're like, mm -hmm. and they all, all six that I spoke to yesterday, 100%, 100% fear about doing it, 100% loved it. Shocking mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, you're talking about momentum. If the hardest thing is getting started. After you're started, it's easy. Yes. Yeah. Robin, yeah. give me one more juicy one. Uh, I, you know, I think that, you know, as we talk about the, the business piece of it is find a need, fill a need, right? Find a need, fill a need. That'll, that'll stop you from, that'll, that'll encourage you to want to make a hundred calls, you know? And, and sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go in asking them for the business, you know, buy my product or, you know, list your house, or I don't want to go in with my own agenda. And here's my advice. Don't, don't go in asking questions about their life, about their plans, about their future, about their present, about what's going on in their world. And when you put that customer first, you will uncover things that you potentially can help with. And maybe at that moment, it's not real estate or lending or whatever product you're selling, but it's something that you can add value back to their life. And when you're finding a need and filling a need, you're always going to be fulfilled. Ooh, ooh. Make some sales calls. Wrap this up. <laughs> You know, we could go on and on about coaching and developing people, but uh, to me, I, I think the the simplest metaphor is um, like I just joined 
big brother's big sister. So I just had my interview yesterday and I'm going to mentor a little boy. And the, the lady in the interview said, why are you doing this? And I said, and I hope this does not offend anyone because that's not the point. I told her, I can tell when grown men have not had a father almost immediately. I can also tell when someone is in business and they don't know how to execute at a higher level and make good money, they have never been coached. They've never been mentored. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, someone has to teach you these things, guys, and, and you're, you'll do great. So obviously the quality of coach has a lot to do with that. Well, but Todd, you're, you're right in the fact that, and I've always said this, um, and then we'll kick it to Jimmy, you know, we spend our whole life being mentored and coached, if you will, b between parenting, whatever teacher atmosphere that you're in. Generally, you've got some sort of, you know, most kids have some sort of interaction with an adult who, you know, is helping them run faster, dribble the basketball, do something and telling them how to do things. And then we get to 18 and it all kind of stops. Right. And, and then and then we go, hey, I have this great idea. I want to go open a business. And we're really not born with these skills. We might have some of the talents, but you really do need that other piece of somebody not only teaching you, but also willing to hold you accountable and tell you the truth. And I think that's the magic sauce of a, of a coach as well. Yeah. And guys, uh, in our company, we, we, you know, we're not selling coaching here. We we coach all of our salespeople in our company. Jim heads that department. But we're not we're not saying this because we're selling coaching. We don't. We don't, we don't do that, but you know, so I just wanted to say that. So people didn't think, I bet you they're saying that because they're selling coaching. Here comes the clothes, you know? Yeah. I've never, hey, I've never seen a basketball team without a coach. Never seen a track yeah. team without a coach. Oh, I know. Jimmy called me yesterday. He's had one game with his coach and his son. He's undefeated. I got it. <laughs> it's for sure. Hey. The coaching hey, you know, we, we need to close this out secret. with the secret. Yeah. Well, two things. The secret to being a really good coach. You guys want to know what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really good players. Mm. Yeah. Oh, all right. So the secret sauce. Lots of people survey their clients. Survey your team mm. often. Survey your team members. Survey the people that work for you. Survey them often, and be able to take criticism. Aha! Uh -huh. That Love. is the secret. As an entrepreneur, you're only as good as the people you have. We're talking about team. We're talking about coaching. You're only as good as the people you have. I'm only as good as my team members. And I got a brand new team member, and she's amazing, and I wanted to stay that way. So I'm going to ask her all the time, what can we do better? How are we treating you? And make her feel listened to and loved, and then she will do that for my clients. So yeah. that's and, a big and, secret. Little sprinkles on the cake. Yes, and and all those things are like little gems, right? Like how, how do you serve your, your client? Your main client is your employee. So how do you serve them at a higher level? That's awesome. Um, so, guys – I, I want to brag just for a second. Um, last year, out of $8 billion in loans, 99.85% of every loan that was submitted to our underwriting department got approved, which means you get paid really? more commissions, right? Wow. We're pretty good at doing loans. One other thing, quick brag, our, we survey every client at closing. Our average rating out of 65,000 clients was 4.9 out of 5 points. I don't know if I can get us to five. A year ago was 4.7, which I thought we'd never trump. So 4.9 out of five stars, wow. 65,000 people. So guys, send us your loans. We're really good at it. We're really good at it. Not kind of good. We're really good. 
and we'll make sure that they close on time and that you get paid and they're super, super overly happy so that they will send you another 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in commissions because they're so happy with your overall team. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Jim and Robin. Go out and make it a great month, guys. See ya. If you liked this episode of the Be Your Best series with Todd Screema, make sure to register for new episode notifications at www.beyourbestseries.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review and share this series with someone you want to be their best. Send an email with any questions or comments to beyourbest at summitfunding.net. Summit Funding, Inc., NMLS ID 3199, Equal Housing Opportunity, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.